0: Welcome to Jury Duty, I'm your host Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who is accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a multitude of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we continued our look at the testimony of Michelle Smith, the caregiver for the defendant's mother, Libby Murdoch. In this installment, we conclude our review of Ms. Smith's testimony and begin our examination of the testimony of SLED crime scene investigator, Kristen Moore. That's all coming up right after the break.
1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: It is the early afternoon of February 6th, 2023, day nine of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, Prosecutor John Metters and Defense Attorney Jim Griffin argued over the admissibility of Michelle Smith's statements to police, to state detectives, and then to defense attorneys and their investigators, about Mr. Murdoch's possession of a blue tarp that she witnessed the defendant bringing into his mother's home in the days following the funeral of the defendant's father, Randolph. The prosecution will later present evidence that the object that Ms. Smith saw Alex Murdoch carrying was not a tarp, but a blue rain jacket that the defendant wore during the killings. During the lunch break, the parties appear to stipulate to a way to get Ms. Smith's statements into the record for the jury to consider in their deliberations. As we begin today, the litigants return from the lunch break and, before the jury is brought back in, Jim Griffin raises with Judge Clifton Newman an objection to the admissibility of a specific line of evidence. Griffin asserts that the prosecution plans to present evidence that the blue object Ms. Smith testified that she saw in the defendant's arms was not a tarp, but actually a blue rain jacket. Griffin objects that because Ms. Smith never mentioned a rain jacket, there is no foundation for the admission of the jacket.
2: I want to raise one issue. It doesn't relate to this witness, but the next group of witnesses the state intends to call relate to this blue rain jacket and that it was seized as a result of a search at, the, at Ms. Libby Randolph Murdoch's house, and, and it was found in the closet. Um, based on what, what this witness had previously shared with law enforcement, um, there's no evidence that we've been provided in discovery that connects the defendant with this blue rain jacket. And so we would moved to exclude any evidence of the blue rain jacket unless they can represent to the court that they have any witness who connects the blue rain jacket with this
0: defendant, Alec Murdoch. Thank you. John Matters responds for the prosecution.
3: Your Honor, she has identified a um, vinyl blue in that closet which she says was consistent with what she saw Alex Murdoch coming into her house with. She said, yeah, that looks like it. Uh, there's some questions that were asked by the defense, which I'm going to ask her about now. We'd, she is asked about a shirt or something else, but she, I believe, has testified,
0: yeah, that is consistent with the color in the vinyl that I saw that's in the closet. Judge Newman appears to defer a decision on the defense motion until the conclusion of Ms. Smith's testimony. All right, well, let's bring the jury. After the jury re enters the courtroom, Prosecutor John Metters continues his redirect examination of Ms. Michelle Shelley Smith.
3: Smith, do you remember being interviewed by Patrick McDavid and Robert Purcell Purcell that worked with Mr. Harpugian and Mr. Griffin on October 20th of 2022? Yes. And I believe Mr. Griffin had asked you about some shoes in response to our questions. Do you remember telling them that he had, uh, these investigators, he had on some cloth-like shoes? Yes. And I believe Mr. uh, Griffin asked you about the length of time you were there. Um, you remember these investigators asking you about the length of time
0: that Mr. Murdahl was at
3: Almeida the night of June 7th? Yes.
0: Jim Griffin rises to object that the rules of evidence do not allow for the introduction of this type of evidence in this manner.
2: Your Honor, he's offering a prior consistent statement, and I don't know why. He's not impeaching her, with really. it. you can't bolster her testimony with a prior consistent
3: statement. Mr. Metters, I believe he had questioned the uh, 30 or 40 minutes and was questioning whether or not Alex asked her to say that. Through their investigators, has clarified for me their conversations that directly contradict what she said earlier on direct. And I have through their questioning and interviews, which I just got a little while ago. Griffin?
2: offering a prior consistent statement, and it's not admissible unless it's being offered to rebut a claim of recent fabrication, and that's not the situation we have here. Oh,
3: the entire statement right yeah. now. The now.
2: Yes, Your Honor. It's not a statement. It's a whole 30-minute audio recording. Yes.
3: Uh, Alright.
1: Rule 60, 613-D addresses this issue, and you may proceed. The objections
3: is overruled.
0: After Judge Clifton Newman allows the prosecutor's line of inquiry, John Metters continues his redirect examination of Ms. Smith. He flips through a document as he asks the next series of questions.
3: I can ask you the length of time that Mr. Murdahl was there when these uh, investigators questioned you in october of twenty twenty two do you remember them asking you about how long he was in the kitchen and in the room with Miss Murdahl? Yes, and do you remember them asking you about uh, cross whether it was unusual mr whether Mr Murdoch had visited that time of night? do you remember that Yes, and do you remember telling the investigators that he would not come on your shift after eight o'clock do you remember that Yes, and that that was unusual yes and do you remember one of them questioned you you actually registered in your mind that something that this is unusual for him to be here that time of night do you remember that yes would your answer yeah because i was like yeah to be honest i was like oh why why are you here this time of night why are you here this time of night you know because we're all going to bed yes and as far as the length of time do you remember them asking you how long and you said it was about 20 minutes yes do you remember mr griffin asked you about um your recollection as to what Mr. Murdaugh said you have asked you about the 30 to 40 minute period. Do you remember that? Remember just a little while ago when he was asking you about that? I'm not trying to be. Yes. Okay. About whether if anybody ever asked you if I was here or not? Yes. And do you remember that they, these investigators asked you if Slead had put that in your mind? No. Is that the recollection? Or something?
0: No. Jim Griffin again objects, this time on the basis that Metters is leading the witness
2: leading the witness, he's publishing a document that is not a certified transcript of anything. Object.
0: This time, Judge Newman sustains the defense objection, and John Metters tries to rephrase the question. Did Alex
3: Merzal ask you to tell somebody how long he'd been there? He said someone asked you, I mean 30 to 40 minutes, that's what he said. He said if somebody asked you, (laughs) yes.
0: Once again, defense attorney Griffin rises to object.
3: Her answer, Rivers. Is that the answer you gave his investigators? Yes. Back in October of 2020? Yes. Now, um, Mr. Um, Griffin asked you about this blue tarp. Did his or Mr. Huntington's investigators ask you about that when they met with you? Yes. Did they bring something with them? you remember them showing you something? No, a picture. Did they also show you a tarp? Yes. Did they tell you they just got it from Kmart? Yes. Just bought it from Kmart?
0: Metters retrieves a blue object from an evidence box and holds it as he continues his questioning.
3: Their investigators brought this with you to the interview. Yes. Showed you this, correct? Yes. And had you already described a um? When you first? Who did you first tell that there was uh, something that the defendant may have been holding his hand? Who did you tell first when he when he came in that morning after the funeral? Who did you tell that first to in law enforcement that the defendant may have been holding something or was holding something when he yes. came in? Dango, Officer Dango. Dango. And as a result of that, slave, Sled came and interviewed you. Yes. Okay. And then you then told them what your testimony has been. Yes. Right? So on October twenty second, when their investigators came, they were asking you about what you talked about to a Dango, right? Yes. Okay. And they showed you this, right? Yes. And did they also ask you about if you've seen a shirt? Do you remember when they asked if you've seen a blue shirt? Yes. What was a blue shirt? is a blue. Like a like a. Well, I don't. I don't know. What was it, just like a dress shirt or a shirt? What was it? Like a a rain jacket or something, like a pullover that something. But they described it as a shirt? No, not as I can recall. Do you remember them asking you, you you're positive it wasn't a shirt? Yes. They asked you that? Yes. And your answer was, it's vinyl. It was a vinyl, right? Yes, yes.
0: Griffin again objects. Judge Clifton Newman instructs Mr. Metters to not lead the witness.
3: Don't lead the witness.
0: And Mr. Griffin was asking you about the
3: vinyl whatever. Do you remember them asking you if there could have been a gun in it, his investigators? I can't recall. I can't remember.
0: Mr. Metters then holds up a photograph for Ms. Smith.
3: States 411, Ms. Shelley. You've identified this previously. Does that look like the blue vinyl garment he was carrying in? Yes. Was it all crumbled up in his arms? It was bald up. yes. Bald was it folded out? No, it wasn't. Was he wearing it? No, he wasn't. That's all. Thank you.
0: Defense attorney Jim Griffin rises and begins his recross of Ms. Smith.
2: Ms. Ms. Smith, it's clear when you left the next morning, you saw the blue tarp laid out on Ms. Libby's retirement rocking chair, correct? Yes. And it was not a rain jacket, was it? No, it wasn't. It was a blue tarp, like what's in here is, is in evidence 86, right? Yes. No doubt in your mind?
0: No doubt. Mr. Griffin places a photograph of the blue rain jacket on the witness stand for Ms. Smith before displaying it on the courtroom monitor.
2: Now, our investigators, did they show you a picture of this rain jacket? Yes. And you told them you'd never seen that rain jacket, right? Correct. Ms. Smith, did anyone speak to you over lunch about your testimony?
3: No. Did
2: you talk to any sled agents or anybody at the AG's office? No. Have you ever seen this rain jacket before? No. Did Alec Murdoch have that rain jacket with him when he came in to the uh, Ms. Libby's home on the morning, I believe, a few days after the funeral? No. And if this photo could give it 41,
0: states exhibit 41. Jim Griffin displays another photograph on the monitor for Ms. Smith. Can you
2: see this blue thing
0: widened up? Yes. If that is, in fact... So with
2: the rain jacket that we just looked at, would your testimony be you've never seen that garment folded up in that closet before?
3: No, only thing i seen was blue velvet. I mean, no, it was a raincoat or not. It was balled up.
2: Well, have you ever been in this closet before?
3: No, I haven't.
2: So you don't know what that is folded up there, do you? Correct. And so if it's, if it's this rain jacket, if that's what's in that closet, you've never seen Alec Murdoch with with this garment before have you no i haven't all right now just very briefly i know you've been you've been really good here and it's been a hard day and we appreciate you being here that day when you came to work mr randolph murdoch had been put back in the hospital is that correct yes and that was un- unusual because he'd just gotten out of the hospital like a day before right yes although it wasn't usual for alec murdoch to come over that night but this was an unusual day because Mr. Randolph had been put back in the hospital. Do you agree with that?
0: Yes. Alright. Thank you. That's all the questions I have here.
3: Thank you ma'am. You may step down.
0: With the conclusion of Jim Griffin's recross, Ms. Smith is excused. The state then calls Kristen Moore to the witness stand. Ms. Moore appears to be in her late 20s or early 30s. She has long dark blonde hair and wears a black blazer over a blue and black floral patterned blouse. Prosecutor Savannah Goud handles the questioning for the state. She begins by asking Ms. Moore where she works. The witness replies that she works for the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, or SLED, and that she is a special agent in the crime scene unit. Prosecutor Goud then follows up with Agent Moore.
1: And um, did you have an occasion to become involved in the investigation of the murders of um, Paul and Maggie Murdoch?
4: yes ma'am i did
1: um were you involved in uh, the execution of a search warrant yes ma'am and where was that search warrant executed
4: at 2175 yemesee highway in barnville south carolina
1: and um do you know what um, that
4: residence was or is it was the residence of alexander Murdaugh's mother
1: and um who was there when you executed the search warrant
4: several sled agents were on scene as well as family members what were you looking for
1: when you searched the residence
4: we were advised that we were looking for a blue and color tarp like material
1: and what areas of the residence did you search
4: we searched the entire interior of the residence um let's talk about um, the north
1: bedroom of that residence you
4: recall what you located
1: in that bedroom.
4: We located a blue tarp inside the closet in the north bedroom on the second floor.
0: Prosecutor Gowd brings a series of photographs to the witness stand and, with her next series of questions, asks Agent Moore to identify each of them.
1: Moore, well, I'm going to show you Husband Martin's takes exhibit 224. Do you recognize what's in that picture? Yes, ma'am, I do. Is that a fair and accurate representation of um, what you found in the north bedroom closet? Yes, it is. Agent Moore, could you describe for the jurors what you found in that picture?
4: That is the blue tarp that we located inside the bedroom, inside the closet inside the bedroom. Okay. And um, what was that tarp located in?
1: A storage container. Were there any items in the storage container? There were miscellaneous dishes underneath the tarp. Um, After you found the tarp, did you continue searching the residence?
4: Yes, ma'am, we did. And what else did you find? We located a blue raincoat in the coat closet on the second floor.
1: I'm going to show you what's previously been entered. It's take exhibit 223. Do you recognize that photo?
4: Yes, ma'am, I do. They put that on the screen so the jury can see. Could you point out that closet for us? It is at the top of the photo on the right-hand side. So the door immediately above the stairs leads to an attic area, Mm -hmm. and the door to the right of it is the coat closet.
1: So not this door right here at the very top of the stairs, the next door is the closet we're talking That's about. That's correct. And I'm going to show you states um, 414. Do you recognize that picture? Yes, ma'am, I do.
4: Okay. And um, what are we looking at there? That is a picture of the interior of the coat closet.
1: Now, Agent Moore could point out the blue raincoat
4: or tarp-like material that you found in this picture. It's in the back of that photo behind the white box towards the bottom
1: and if you don't mind would you mind stepping down and pointing that out to the drawers thank you it's right here so and that's that's how you found the raincoat
4: yes ma'am it is
1: down in that closet yes ma'am and if you look at this picture it appears there are other items of clothing that are hanging up yes ma'am there was but the raincoat coat is balled up down there
4: that is correct and
1: what did you do when you located that raincoat?
4: We documented it with photographs, and then we collected it in a brown paper bag, which was dated, sealed, and initialed. I'm going to show you states um, 225, which I believe um,
1: the defense has an objection to.
0: Jim Griffin rises to make his objection. Your, Your Honor, if this is the raincoat, it's already in evidence. The
2: photo of the raincoat is in evidence. I don't know why we need another photo, but we do object to any testimony about Seizing the blue rain code, anything beyond that, based upon my earlier
1: statements to the court. No response. This agent's testifying to what she retrieved from the closet, and um, I believe this is a picture of her retrieving that objection is So, Agent Moore, do you recognize what's in this picture? Yes, ma'am, I do. And this is a true and accurate depiction of what you recovered from that closet? Yes, ma'am, it is. Your Honor, at this time I'll move stage 225 into evidence.
2: Objection. Claim an
3: objection. Submitted an objection. Right, Agent Moore, if you could
1: tell us what is in this picture, State Exhibit 225.
4: That is a photo of the blue ring that I collected.
1: And this will be stake Exhibit 226. Without opening this, can you tell us what is in this item,
4: State Exhibit 226?
0: Prosecutor Goud hands Ms. Moore a large square evidence box.
4: Based off of the item number and lab number and my initials, this would be the blue raincoat. Your Honor, um, the State moves states 226 into
1: evidence.
0: Jim Griffin again rises to object. Objection relevant. Response.
1: Your Honor, this is the purported raincoat that was recovered from the closet.
0: Judge Newman again overrules the objection.
1: And when you recovered um, that raincoat, what, did, you, did you do anything with it besides photograph and collect it?
4: Not on that day. We transported it back to the SLED Forensic Services Laboratory.
1: And now in the closet where you found that raincoat, were there any guns? No, ma'am. Were you involved in any of the processing of the raincoat?
4: Yes, ma'am, I was.
1: And what part were you involved in?
4: On October seventh, 2021, at the SLED Forensic Services Laboratory, I met with SLED serology personnel to document and do additional processing on the raincoat. And what processing did you take part in? It was documented with photographs. The stains on the raincoat were then documented with scale tape and labeled, photographed again. Sled serology department then tested the stains with phenolphthalein, which is a presumptive test for the presence of suspected blood. All testing with phenolphthalein was negative. We then used an alternate light source to look for any latent stains on the raincoat. We observed an additional stain and documented it with photographs as well as scaled it. Then it was tested with phenolphthalein as well, and it was negative. We then used Crystal violet, or LCV, which is also a presumptive test for the presence of suspected blood, and it was negative also.
1: All right. As far as your involvement in the raincoat, does that pretty much sum it up for us?
0: Yes,
4: ma'am, it does.
1: All right. Thank you, Agent Moore. Please answer any questions from the defense.
0: With that, Prosecutor Gowd concludes her direct examination of Miss Moore, and Defense Attorney Jim Griffin rises to begin his cross examination of the witness. Good afternoon, Agent Moore. Good afternoon. The um uh, so I understand you went to Almeida,
2: Ms. Libby Murdoch's home, to execute a search warrant, is that correct? Yes, sir, it is. And what was the day? September
4: September sixteenth, twenty twenty one.
2: September sixteenth, twenty twenty one. And you are looking for a blue tarp?
4: We were advised that we were searching for a blue tarp-like material.
2: Okay. And you found a blue tarp, is that right? Yes, sir. And in that blue tarp, there were dishes wrapped up in that blue tarp, right?
4: No, sir. No dishes were wrapped in the blue tarp. It was folded on top of the dishes.
2: Okay. So you seized the blue tarp, right? Yes, sir. And did you do any um, testing of the blue tarp to see if there was blood?
4: No, sir. I did not do any testing on the blue tarp.
2: You know anyone who did any blue testing on the blue tarp?
4: I am unaware of any testing done on the blue tarp.
2: You see this rain jacket in here in this box? Is that correct? Yes, sir, it is. And back in the lab, uh, you did some presumptive testing. We sprayed it with phenol first?
4: Phenolphthalein was first utilized, yes, sir.
2: And phenolphthalein uh is a presumptive test for blood meaning, you know, it, it could test positive but it's not necessarily means it's blood, right?
4: That is correct.
2: And in order to determine whether something that has tested positive with phenolphthalein, you do another type of test to confirm human blood, right?
4: That is correct.
2: But the blue rain jacket never tested positive for the presumptive test using phenolphthalein, right?
4: That is correct.
2: So it was negative. Yes, sir. So after getting negative with phenol, then you use another product called LCV. Is that right?
4: We did. We used an alternate light source first to make sure that we had all things documented.
2: Now, an alternate light source is is what?
4: It is a specific wavelength of a flashlight, and you used a colored filter, and then you can see any latent things that you wouldn't be able to see with your naked eye.
2: And and the alternative light source doesn't tell you whether that's possibly blood or something else, does it?
4: No, sir, it does not.
2: So you use the alternative light source, and you identify... Some area, and is that the area you tested with LCV?
4: We tested the entire raincoat with LCV.
2: The entire raincoat. And again, that's a presumptive test like phenolphthalein. Yes, sir. And that tested negative?
4: That is correct.
2: Okay. And um, so there's no more blood testing done of the rain jacket, right?
4: I was not involved in any further processing of the raincoat.
2: Do you know if that LCV that you sprayed on the entire shirt has turned the rain jacket in that box completely violent?
4: I have not seen the raincoat since the processing was done on October 7th, 2021.
2: What size is this rain jacket?
4: I could not tell you the exact size of the raincoat.
2: Well, Would you agree with me that the records indicate it's a large?
4: Yes, sir. It is a larger jacket.
2: Well, the size being large, do you know if it's large, if that's the size?
4: I do not recall the size.
2: Your Honor, do uh, you mind if the witness opens the box up? Let's see what size the
0: rain jacket is. Any objection?
4: No objection, Your Honor.
0: Ms. Moore puts on latex gloves, opens the package, and takes out the blue rain jacket. She holds it up for the jury to see. Jim Griffin reaches for the jacket with his bare hands and the witness offers a gentle warning.
4: You may want to put gloves on. It has chemicals on it. I don't want to
2: touch it well, Do you mind standing up in front of the jury and, and show them how large it is? Is it a poncho style rain jacket?
1: Do sir appear
2: Do you know if that rain jacket or photos of that rain jacket was shown to any members of the Murdoch family to see if they recognized it? I am unsure. You did not, then, did you?
4: No, sir, I did not.
2: Did you show the Shelley Smith the rain jacket or a
0: photo of the rain
2: jacket?
4: No, sir, I did not.
0: Do you know
2: of any sled agent who did?
4: I do not. That's all
0: the person I have. With that, Defense Attorney Griffin concludes his cross-examination, and Savannah Gowd again rises for a brief redirect of the witness. She begins by putting on latex gloves and retrieving the blue rain jacket from the evidence box.
1: States Exhibit 226, this is the raincoat you collected from that closet at
4: Yes ma'am, it is.
1: Now when you collected it, did it have like this tape here on the raincoat? Where we can, you know, the white tape with the letters on there? No, ma'am, I placed that on that. So that was done during processing? Yes, ma'am, it was. And we've been talking about a raincoat, but this isn't, is this what you would normally think a raincoat would look like? No, ma'am. This is rather large for a raincoat? Yes, ma'am. When you found it, it was balled up like this? That is correct. No further questions for this witness, John.
0: Thank you. You may step down. Thank you. And with that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join us on our next installment as we review the testimony of William McElveen, a friend of Paul Murdoch's. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page.
3: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced, written, and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Trial Audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.